2 Kings chapter number 2, I want to begin with verse number 1. And I want to preach for a few moments tonight on the subject of heaven. Isn't that a wonderful subject? And I'm glad that we are a heavenly people. And Jesus has promised us that he's got us a heavenly home. And we are headed in that direction. We're going to notice that Elijah, this prophet of God that stepped on the scene at a time in which Israel was in great degradation and had all of those kings running across the land. Of course, each one of those kings had their own gods. And Elijah was a slap in the face with his very name, that compound name that says, My God is Jehovah. And to prove it to them, he began to show them the word of the Lord. He said, my God can talk. He began to show them the ways of the Lord. He said, my God has attributes and characteristics. He even showed them the weakness of the Lord, and of course that was himself. And uh, if you'd have been here, I guess it was yesterday morning, he showed them the watching of the Lord, how God sees as he saw what Ahab did to Naboth. God sees and knows everything. His eyes run to and fro upon the earth. I'm glad that uh, he knows you and he knows me. He knows our needs and he knows our wants. But I want us to look here at what I would call the world of the Lord. If, if, if your God is God, Elijah, where is he at? Where does he abide? Where does he live? And of course, uh, while we cannot confine God because he is omnipresent, we do know that uh, he has a place that's called heaven. And while the devil, when he gets done with his crowd, he ain't even got a place for them. They have to go to hell. But I'm glad when the Lord is finished with his children, he's got a place, a special place that we long for and we rejoice in. And we're going to notice that Elijah shows them heaven where his God is. Look in verse number one. 2 Kings chapter number two. And it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel, and Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. He said, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou not that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? He answered, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. Elisha said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee, here. For the Lord has sent me to Jordan. He said, As the Lord liveth and as my soul liveth, I will not leave thee. 
and they too went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood the view afar off, and they too stood by the Jordan. Elisha took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither so that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing, nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee, but if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof, and he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces, and he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? When he had also smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. There's simply four thoughts that I want to emphasize that we can see in relationship to Elijah as he is being taken to heaven. I would like to point those out to you. The first thing that I would, of course, emphasize is that obviously heaven is a real place or it is a place of reality. If we had the time tonight, we could go throughout the scriptures and mention those things that... uh, heaven is about. Revelations 5.9 tells us that heaven is a place of music. Uh, Again, in Revelations chapter number 7, verse 9 through 12, it's a place of praise. Uh, Revelation chapter 9, verse 16 and 17 says it's a place of comfort. Revelation 14, verse 13 says it's a place of rest. Revelation 19, verse 17 says it's a place of rejoicing. Revelation 21, verse 10, verse 23 says it is a place of beauty. I would suggest to you, according to the word of God, what we know is is that heaven is a real place. So that when the children of God exit this world, God does have a home. It is like David said concerning the Lord being his shepherd. And he ends up in the house of the Lord. The whole journey was just that. It was a journey to take him home with him. Isn't it amazing that the Lord would want such folks as you and me at his house? But he has prepared a place for us to abide in and to come to. May we rejoice in that. And of course, all of God's children down through the ages have have written the songs and have sung them and the preachers have preached the sermons and the saints have rejoiced in the fact that we have a heavenly home, thank God. And that one of these days we will exit this world and we shall 
go there. But you know, the greatest thing about heaven in its reality is not so much what is there, but it is who is there. I'm glad that we have the saints awaiting us on the other side. Boy, I think about all of those saints down through the years. Now, I am 64 years old, and folks tell me that I I look 63, and I appreciate that. But I'm moving on in that direction. But the more I move in that direction, the more I think about those that I've seen step off from these shores onto the other shores that I really believe that they're in heaven. And how much I enjoyed worshiping with them down here. How much I enjoyed fellowshipping with them down here. But as it is in every meeting, there is that sad note and that sad tone and that we, we must part ways as far as this world is concerned. Uh, we can come together for our couple of hours of a service, but we all have to go tend to our earthly businesses or we can come together for four to five days, but we all have to depart our ways and take care of our earthly businesses. But thank God there's coming a day to where I'm going to be able to fellowship with you and you with me forever. And as the songwriter said, what a day that will be when all of the saints of the family of God get together with our unique experience with Christ. And boy, we get to, we get to enjoy one another in a full sense. All the saints are there. And of course, our, our heavenly Father is there. I'm glad that I have a heavenly father. He's the one that set all of this up. And in setting all this up down here, he's got everything set up up there. We got a father. I mean, this is a place of reality where all of the saints uh, uh, go. And as Paul said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And where our father is. But you know, the greatest thing about heaven is that heaven is the place where the Lord Jesus, heaven is all about Jesus. That's what's going to make it so precious. Uh, I have read where they have said that the light of heaven is the face of Jesus. The joy of heaven is the presence of Jesus. The melody of heaven is the name of Jesus. The harmony of heaven is the praise of Jesus and the fullness of heaven is Jesus himself. Boy, isn't it going to be a wonderful day when you and I are going to be face to face with the one who redeemed us by his saving grace. And I would summarize all of that so there, though there's so much to say and so much that is encouraging about the reality of heaven the reality of heaven, the fact that I realize that the day that I take my last breath, no matter how it is, as we see in the case of Elijah, he is taking up, taking, taking to heaven in the, this whirlwind. Who knows how we're going to exit this world. But the good news is, however it is, that thank God uh, when the breath leaves this body, we're going to enter into eternity and into the presence and the joy of the Lord. And there we'll be able to worship him throughout all of eternity. But I would summarize this, I would summarize this by saying that uh, if you're not interested in Jesus, uh, you probably don't want to go to heaven. Uh, If you're not interested in worshiping him, heaven's not a place for you. 
I, I just, I, I can't imagine some folks going to heaven because it seems as though that they have nothing and want nothing to do with the Christ of heaven. Uh, they don't want to worship him. They won't want to praise him. Uh, they don't want to honor him. But I'll tell you, when we get to heaven, we're not, we're not going to get up there and, and uh, I mean, you know, some folks are going to get, if they were, if they were to get there, they'd be disappointed because, uh, you know, Elvis wasn't singing some of his songs or some of that other stuff. But I'm going to tell you, it's, I know what heaven's going to be about. It's going to be about Jesus. It's going to be about one thing. Uh, we didn't come here to, tonight in this service for it to be about you or for it to be about me. We came for it to be about Jesus. And so if you don't, if you don't have any interest in Jesus, then you're probably, now just underscore this, if you've got no desire for Jesus, no love for Jesus, no want for Jesus, you don't want to walk with Jesus, then you're probably not going to heaven. It wouldn't be a place that you would enjoy anyhow because heaven's all going to be about the perfect Lamb of God. But heaven, can I say to you, heaven is a reality. It's a real place. And we can see that the Lord is, is he's finished with Elijah in this world. He's taking him home. He's taking him where he takes all of his children. He's taking him to heaven. But the second thing that I would emphasize to you is, is this matter of heaven as we look at it in Elijah's uh, experience as he's taken to heaven. It's not only a, a reality that we're interested in, but uh, the thing that I notice about uh, Elijah that seems to stand out and speak so much about heaven is not what he takes with him as he leaves this world but it is what he leaves behind. In other words, it's, it's the emphasis not only of the reality of heaven, but, but what I would call the remains of heaven. In other words, it's not what you take as you go to heaven that counts, but it's what you leave behind. As a matter of fact, I really don't think any of us care about taking anything to heaven. I mean, when I go to heaven, I don't, I'm not interested in taking that pickup out there. I'm not interested in taking this suit out there. I'm not interested in taking a watch out there. I'm not interested in taking my favorite pair of shoes to heaven. None of that. And why, But while I'm not, I don't really care about taking anything to heaven, I do want to leave behind some heavenly things. And one of the great ways that we can see heaven Understand this, one of the great ways that we can see heaven in Elijah's life is the same way that it can be seen in your life and in my life and it's by those things that we have cultivated and those things that have been alive and those things that we've been privileged to leave behind. I remember one preacher many years ago used to preach on some things I'd like to leave behind and uh, I hadn't forgot that as a young preacher. He mentioned three or four things. I'll go to the text in a moment and show you what Elijah, he left behind some heavenly things. And I'll tell you, if you go to a funeral somewhere that uh, they are preaching and the family is gathered around, uh, you're not going with the expectation of a knowledge of something special that this body got to take with him. That's not what's going to count in that funeral. 
What they're going to be preaching about is what he left behind. What they're going to be preaching about is what she left behind. And you, you can sort of know that if, if somebody, I mean, if there is an indication as to where someone has gone but what they have left behind. I like what that preacher said. He said, I'd like to leave behind. He said, if I'm going to die and leave this whole world, I want to leave behind a worn out Bible. I was so impressed with that that over the years I have, I have preached for several years out of, out of a Bible and then I would set it aside and then preach out of another Bible and set it aside. Of course, all King James now. And, but, but what I have done is I have stored them up and I have begun to give them to my children because I want to leave them some, some heavenly resemblance that uh, for sure I went to heaven because I have left behind a worn-out Bible. It's one of those, one of those, uh, one of those things I want to leave behind. Uh, another thing that he mentioned is I want to leave behind a heavenly influence. I want to leave behind, he said, the prayers that will be answered after I am gone. Thank God we can spend some time praying now that once we've gone to heaven, those prayers will come to fruition. One of the best things that I like that he said, he said, when I, when I leave out of this world, he said, I hope I can leave behind a happy devil. <laughs> I hope the devil is happy when God takes me home. But if you look here with Elijah, the tangible things that he leaves behind, the scripture talks about that mantle in which he smote the Jordan River and of course it parted. But when the Lord took him up, he didn't take the mantle. He left the mantle behind. The word mantle means more than enough. And of course, Elisha, as he goes along uh, in that same direction as Elijah did, he's going to have to have some power. He's going to have to have some strength. And he leaves behind this, this mantle. And so he picks it up and he does the same thing with it and smites the Jordan and, and it splits for him just like it did for Elijah. He's leaving some things behind. He not only left this mantle behind, he left a message behind. And that same message that Elijah continued to preach. He left a messenger behind. He, God, he asked him, he said, now, uh, before I leave out of here, what is it that you want? He said, well, I want a double portion of what you've got. In other words, he said, I want more. Now, I'm sure there would have been those in that day that had witnessed what Elijah did, and they probably said, well, ain't nobody can do that. Just forget it. And Elisha could have said uh, unto Elijah, well, I'd just like to be half the man that you are. But he didn't. He said, I want more. And of course, God gave him more and he did twice as many miracles as his mentor did. But the reason why he did is because he had left behind all of that influence. He left that mantle behind. He left that message behind. He left back that messenger, that messenger, that prophet of God. He left behind that ministry. He left it all behind. He left behind some things that would pretty well let you know there was some remainders of him that you could think about that would remind you of heaven. He left some remainders that became reminders. And if you're wanting to know where Elijah was, you knew where he had gone by what he left behind. 
Somebody has said every man and every woman preaches their own funeral, and I am convinced of that. That you can go to a funeral, and that funeral will carry the atmosphere of that individual. Why? Because who they were and how they lived is still there. The remains of their prayers, the remains of their lives, the remains of their worship, the remains of their influences, all of that's still there. And I say to you, while I am here tonight preaching to you, there is not a sermon that I preach that has not been influenced by someone who has already gone home to be with the Lord. But they left behind those indelible influences of God's word and God's spirit and and God's influences and God's leadership so that while they're already dead and gone, they yet speak through me and they yet speak through you. And every one of us as children of God are so as a result of somebody else's life that God has used to influence you and to point you toward him. And long after Elijah is gone, you can tell he's been there because there are all of those indications, all of those reminders, all those remainders that said Elijah was here, but he went to heaven. Hallelujah. I tell you, if a fellow leaves behind a house full of young'uns that loves Jesus, a man and woman leaves behind a Bible that they've been reading and they've been, I'll tell you, memorizing, they leave behind those memories of prayers that their children can think about. They leave behind, I'm gonna tell you, that matter of worship that others were able to enjoy. When they leave behind those things that are going to... All of what we do right now are as a result of the influences of somebody that's already gone home, but they left it with us. The faith, the faith, the Bible said, the faith that was once delivered unto the saints (laughs) is still working now in your life and in my life. Hallelujah. You see, we understand about heaven that it is not only a a, a reality, but it is a reminder. It is a remainder. It is what we are privileged to leave behind for those who would follow after us. Aren't you glad of that? Leaving behind some heavenly things. He left behind some heavenly things. You can tell, you can tell where someone's gone by what they left behind. I'm going to tell you if they left behind a whole bunch of beer bottles and nasty magazines and memories of ungodliness and all, you can pretty well tell where they went by what they left behind. Ah, you say, well, I wonder, I wonder what. Uh, no, 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 you don't, you, you don't, I don't know. You don't know all there is to know about heaven as far as what's happening and transpiring in Elijah's uh, experience there and everybody else's experiences outside of worship. But I'm going to tell you, you can tell a whole lot about where someone's gone, but what they left behind. I want to leave behind some indications so my youngs will know where I went. Heavenly things, heavenly things. It is a reality, it is a reminder. 
But then I want to, I'm sort of moving backwards. I want to go to verse 2, verse 4, and verse number 6. And I want us to notice that heaven, as we can see in Elijah's life, is true for yours and mine, is a route. It is a route. In other words, it is a direction. It is a direction. Because I notice in verse 2, Elijah said unto Elisha, Terry, here I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me. Now he's headed to heaven. He's going just in a little while. But on the way, God said, I want you to stop at Bethel before you get here. <laughs> Isn't that something? I don't know if you're picturing that like I am. You know what Bethel means, don't you? Somebody give me the definition of Bethel. House of God. <laughs> I really believe God sends all of his youngins through the house of the Lord Amen. on the way to heaven. Amen. Uh, folks that ain't got time for the house of God probably won't have no time yeah. for heaven. Right. He said, I'm a going, I'm headed somewhere, but God said before I get there, stop at Bethel. <laughs> I'm not feeling long-winded or I'd preach a while right there. And then uh, he, that, that's a place of fellowship. That's a place of fellowship. Yes, where, I mean, God's people get together. Amen. One of the signs of going to heaven where God's people are and they worship the Son of God is that you desire to do that down here to fellowship with God's people and to worship the Son of God. Notice, if you will, in verse number 4, Elijah said to him, Elisha, tarry thee here, for the Lord has sent me by Jericho. Jericho. Now, we understand that the promised land is a place of faith. Now, if you'll get this, I won't have to preach half as long and hard. He sent him, he sent him by the house of God. He sent him by the place of fellowship. But now he's sending him to Jericho, and Jericho is that first city that was brought down. But the Hebrew writer said that Jericho was taken how? By faith. By faith. Now, of course, on his way, he's going to come through this place of where great battles were. But he's going to come to the place not only of fellowship, but he's going to come through the place of faith. He's going, he's going to heaven, but he's going by the house of God. He's going through Jericho. And then I notice that he tells him that in verse number six, Terry. I pray thee here for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. Now, we understand that Elijah is from a place called Gilgal. They tell us that that's on the east side of the Jordan. So if that be so, his ministry began by coming through the Jordan. And then his ministry ends up by going back through the Jordan. In other words, where he starts is where he finishes. And isn't it amazing that for God's children, it's the beginning and the ending that is vital and important. It's how you start that is going to determine where you end up. But the truth of the matter is, if you are a child of God, you'll never forget where you started 
And the further along you get to the end, the more you're going to talk about where you began. In other words, he's going back to the first. He's going back to the place where it all started. Brothers and sisters, I tell you, when you're fixing to step off on the other shore, all of the saints that I've been privileged to be around when they were fixing to do so, it's amazing that what they wanted to talk about is where it all started. They wanted to talk about the day they got saved. They wanted to talk about the day they met the Lord. They wanted to talk about the day, thank God, that their sins were forgiven because that was the day they got prepared at the beginning for what was going to take place at the end. I'm glad I got our beginning, aren't you? And that beginning was with God. That beginning, Elijah's beginning was with God. And so his ending's going to be with God. So it is with all of God's children. This thing begins with Christ. And if it doesn't start with Christ, it's not going to end with Christ. It's a route. It's a route. He's going through Bethel. He's going through Jericho. He's going across the Jordan. It's got a direction to it. One old fellow in the mountains of North Carolina said, one of the ways that I know that I'm not going to hell is that I'm not headed in that direction. Well, Elijah is not headed in that direction. He's headed in the direction of heaven. And I would word it this way. If you sort of want to know where you're going, turn around and look at where you've been. And that'll tell you where you're going to end up. Are you tell, Are you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> we want to, and I don't want to get into the negative of this. I want to magnify the glories of heaven for all our hearts. But I'm going to tell you something. I've been in so many funerals where they want to preach people into heaven that had lived like hell. And all you had to do is walk, watch their walk all the way up until their last breath. You could trace their steps back and realize where to their beginnings to, and realize what their ending was all about. Looking at where they've come from, you can understand where they're going. There is this route to heaven for the children of God as we walk with the Lord and you can trace the steps of the children of God. I heard about an old boy back during horse and buggy days and he wanted to catch a ride. A farmer came by with a wagon, a horse, and he, he just slipped on the back of the wagon, didn't let the farmer know. Thought he'd catch a ride. And uh, after a while, he, he got curious. He hollered up there and let that farmer know he's on the back of the wagon. He said, hey, how far is it to Louisville? He said, well, going in the direction I'm going, it's 26,000 miles. But it said, if you'll get off the wagon walking that direction, you can be there in three miles. Well, he's headed in the wrong direction. Well, I'm here to tell you, I'm glad, I'm glad that uh, the Lord has given us a direction through his son. And it is what is that you can tell. I say to you, you can tell what's ahead of you by what's behind you. Because heaven is a reality. Heaven is a reminder. And heaven, I say to you, is a route as far as the children of God is concerned. But then the last thing I would emphasize, this, this thing of heaven, is the truth that heaven is a relationship. 
In other words, heaven is something that is already in you. Heaven is something that is already in you. I'm thinking about the scriptures. Paul said, for our conversation is in where? It's in heaven. In heaven. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And that's talking about those that are down here. Blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He also said in Ephesians 2, 6, And hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places. We are a heavenly people, not when we get there. We are that right now. <laughs> we get to enjoy a heavenly atmosphere on earth. If you were in the service last night, you understand what I'm talking about. In those hours of worship, what you're doing is you're stepping out of time into eternity. You're stepping into that place and into that realm that is so heavenly. As the songwriter said, heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Paul said again, for the kingdom, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Everything about Elijah, if you look at Elijah's life, it seems to say to you that he'll only fit one place. He'll only fit in heaven. Now you couldn't say that about Jezebel. I mean, I just couldn't imagine old Jeze being in heaven. I couldn't imagine Ahab being in heaven. But I could imagine, I could imagine Elijah being in heaven. I could imagine the Apostle Paul being in heaven. I could imagine Simon Peter being in heaven. I, I could imagine uh, Isaiah being in heaven. There's a lot of folks that I could imagine being in heaven. But I'm going to tell you something. One of the ways that we know that he's in heaven is that he is a heavenly creature. He is a heavenly being. Heaven, heaven is not only above him, but heaven is inside of him. Paul said, for we know that our earthly house of this tabernacle will dissolve. We have a building of God in heaven, not made with the hands, eternal in the heavens. For we, in this we groan and earnestly desire to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. He said, I got a little heaven in me that's desiring to go to heaven. Heaven is a relationship. It is something that is working on the inside. It is what acclimates you to heaven. He's getting you ready. He's putting, we have the earnest of the inheritance within us right now, the very Spirit of God. And I'm going to tell you that Spirit of God within us is acclimating us to the heaven that we're going to so that we're not going to be a stranger, the songwriter said. We will not be a stranger when we get to that city. And they're not going to have teachers training union classes for God's children to get us to adapt to what's going on there. Because I think when I get to glory and they're praising the Lamb, I'll join in. I'll know what they're doing. 
I mean, when I get to glory, thank God, and the saints are worshiping, I'll know what they're doing. When they're singing the songs about the Lamb, I'll know what they're doing. I'll be well adjusted up there because I've been made adjusted down here. Heaven's on the inside. I got heaven to go to heaven with. Somebody said, well, I'll tell you, I don't know. I don't know about heaven. Well, I do, I do. I'm experiencing it right now. Hallelujah. Every time you worship, you get to experience heaven. Aren't you glad of that? Matter of fact, I would phrase it this way. If you ain't never been to heaven, you ain't going to heaven. If you're waiting on the day to where you go to heaven to find out what heaven's all about, you ain't going. Because, honey, I'm going to tell you, heaven is that peace and that joy that is in your heart right now. And that's the same thing. That's the same thing. There's not a different peace in heaven. There's not a different joy in heaven. There's just the lacking of this tabernacle so you can experience the fullness of it. There's not more Jesus in heaven. I'm going to think we get to heaven, boy, that Jesus will be bigger. No, he won't. You'll just be able to experience him more because of this old tabernacle that has been put down. I say this very humbly and it is true that there is no more God sitting on the throne of heaven than what abides in this little heart. But because of my flesh, I'm not able to enjoy him as much as I will. It would tear this old body up. I could not contain it. Hallelujah. And I must say to you and I must confess that there has been a time or two. There has been a time or two to where he has become so real. I can remember on one night, on one occasion many years ago, I'm going to tell you the presence of the Lord moved in on me. I was there by myself and I it got so powerful and so real that I actually said, Lord, you're going to have to let up and lighten up or I won't be able to stand this. I tell you, God becoming so heavenly here on earth, it is possible to enjoy the songs of heaven. It is possible to enjoy the worship of heaven. It is possible to enjoy the peace of heaven. It is possible to enjoy the joy of heaven. It's in, it is possible for the kingdom of heaven to be set up right now within your heart. Because if you don't have the peace of God now, you're not going where his peace is. (laughs) Did you hear what I said? If you ain't been to heaven, you ain't going. (laughs) That's why you won't have to be Acclimate, it's already taken care of down here. Till we just step out of this world. I got a preacher friend, his son called just this week. And he said, I just wanted you to know, let you know, Dad went home to be with the Lord the day before. And um, he said, Here's the way it was. He said, We weren't expecting him to go that soon. Uh, but he said my mom went in to see him sitting with him he was in intensive care and said he told her said honey I got 
some good news. He, she said, what is it? He said, I'm, I'm going home today. She said, well, you're going to have to get a home. Oh, no, he said, I'm not talking about that home. He said, I'm, I'm going home. He said, I went in to see Dad and said he told me the same thing. He said, son, I'm going home today. He said, there's just such a deep, settled peace. The doctors hadn't expected it, but he said later on that evening, uh, they were trying to get some medicine down his esophagus and so on, and, and the nurse could tell it was uncomfortable, and, and she leaned over and she said, uh, Sir, his name is Greg, said, Sir, are, are you okay? He said he whispered the best he could, and he said, I will be in a few minutes. <laughs> and he said, Five minutes. He checked out of this world. And I'll tell you, that old boy, I'm talking about his son, was so settled, though he missed his father and would miss him greatly because he knew where his dad was. He knew that his dad was in a real place. (laughs) You know why? Because he had left some heavenly things behind that he had, I'm going to tell you that that old boy will preach out of and enjoy the rest of his day. Heavenly stuff that daddy left behind. <laughs> Don't you want to leave that heavenly stuff behind? <laughs> I'm planning on taking another with me. Kate, don't want to know how. But I do want to leave some things behind. I'm going to tell you he was assured of where his daddy was going because he'd watched where he'd been for all those years. <laughs> He'd watch Daddy come in and get down by the side of the bed and pray. And he'd watch Daddy open that Word of God and read it and cry with tears. His Daddy was a real prayer warrior and a man of a heart of tears. He'd heard his Daddy preach so many. He knew where his Daddy had been. He didn't have no problem knowing where he's going. And he knew what was in him. He knew. Daddy had already been there. He knew Daddy had already been there. So he wouldn't have no problem when he got there. (laughs) You ever have somebody try to give you directions? I'm not the best in the world. That's why my wife drives. Don't call me and ask me where I'm at. I got to ask her. So where are we at? I said, well, you know, you've been over, you know where such and such is? No. Well, if you go down here, first of all, you've been, no. That old fellow in the mountains, he's trying to get me to a church. I said, where's it at? And up there, you know, it ain't blocks and stuff. It's kind of like it is here. There's an old tree over there, a big old oak tree. A limb broke out of it. And, and there'll be some cows right there. And you, you cut right there and go on out there, and there'll be a big old red barn. You know where that barn is? I said, no. He said, you know where that tree is? I said, no. He said, you ain't from around here, are you? I said, no. (laughs) Well, honey, I want you to know I don't need no directions. When I get to heaven, they won't be saying to me, you ain't from around here. (laughs) they'll know they'll know (laughs) I was ahead in that direction for many years 
enjoying the atmosphere of it for all of these years. Picked up a few heavenly things along the way, treasures in earthen vessels that I could just leave behind for my youngins. You don't have to, hey, 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 you don't have to worry about things when you're fixing to check out. If you've been heading in the right direction, you've been picking up those heavenly treasures and you're going to a real place, you can leave some things behind that'll take care of everything. Heaven is a reality. Heaven's a reminder. So often reminded of those that are already on the other side of things they've left. Words, phrases. Phrases. Prayers. Bibles. Churches. Those routes that they took to get there. You could just follow it like a clockwork. You saw where they was going. Said, where are they headed? Well, they headed to church. Headed where God's people are. They're walking by faith. But really, they're going to end up in a far country. Heaven. Aren't you glad? Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. Well, if it wasn't so, I'd have told you. I'm going away to prepare a place for you. I go away to prepare a place. I'll come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. I'm just glad this thing's already sewn up. Where I'm going and what I'm leaving behind makes it complete. Hallelujah. Let's stand.